Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? <sighs> that was one of the weirdest. That had the feel of a preseason game, Bruce. That was the first game of the Battle of Alberta in 31 years. It's, you know, used to some fiery, intense, classic games. And honestly, it felt like a pre, it was so haphazard and so full of mistakes and terrible plays and mental errors. Uh, It felt like a preseason, a weird preseason non-entity of a game, uh, which the Oilers lost 9-6. The grade A shots were even more dominant. Uh, 20 to 10 for the Calgary Flames. And when it came to the subset of the most dangerous shots of all, the five alarm shots, um, it was uh, 12 to 5 for Calgary. I never really felt, even even though the orders tied up that game, Bruce, mm-hmm. late, in, late in the third, I think I wrote a little note to you then. Like, I don't think, I don't see the orders winning this one because they just, they couldn't defend. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very, very, very similar to the 9-5 game that was played in Calgary on, I think it was February 26th or something. Yeah. Uh, and it was a, a uh, uh, no, wait a minute, March 26th. Uh, it was, uh, uh, they'd gone down to Calgary and played a fill-in game and lost that 3-1. to one. And That was a pretty wretched but boring game. Uh, and then on uh, March 26th of Saturday, they went down and got shellacked 9-5 on Hockey Night in Calgary, giving up three goals <clears> in <throat> each of the three periods, a feat which somehow they managed to duplicate tonight. S- six periods in a row with three goals against in Calgary. <sighs> which is more than you want to give up an entire game, David. I mean, your objective is two or less. That's p- three goals in every period, six in a row in the same building. And they looked like they had no clue how to prevent those goals and about that much desire to try and stop them i'm very very disappointed with this effort tonight and this performance and the execution of the game plan and everything else i mean even when they tied the game from 6-2 down they got four straight goals and you think you'd be just off your seat and i was just going you know they don't deserve to be tied this is a this is just not playing well enough and I don't think it'll stay tied and sure enough it didn't stay tied very next shot was in the net for Calgary and down the tubes from there that was was a a 6-6 by the way was Oilers last grade A shot of the game they never mustered anymore after that and the the goal was just typical of the Oilers you know just running around on their own end not not playing well anyway it was just it -hmm. was after those two fantastic defensive games against the Kings in the last two games I just, you know, I guess the worry is that that was a bit of a mirage that the Kings were, you know, not a great offensive team and you can well, shut down a weak defensive team. But when you're up against the team that can really, that has some players that can make plays, it, that ain't going to work. Anyway, I don't want to make too much of it because it was a very weird game. It was. It was a very disappointing game. And um, so we're going to do our two good things, two bad things, two numbers podcast, Bruce. And we'll go with two bad things each. Um, why don't... Uh, why don't you start it off with your first good thing, your your first and only good thing from the orders? Okay, uh, yeah, just to go against the grain off the start, uh, I'm going to go with defenseman Brett Kulak, uh, who 
accomplished Mission Impossible tonight by being on the ice for zero Calgary goals. In his, how much did he play tonight, <clears throat> Kulak? Uh, he played 16 and a half minutes, during which time Edmonton got two and Calgary got none. And I didn't notice him all that much. And you know what? That's maybe the best thing of all, because every time I noticed an oiler tonight, it seemed like it was because he was making a mistake or he was out of position or, uh, you know, and, and uh, certainly that's true of Oilers defensemen in this game. And uh, uh, so uh, I'll say Kulak was the best but bad lot of Oilers defensemen, and I'll leave you to who was the best but bad lot of Oilers forwards. Kulak, uh... Kulak, he almost kept a clean sheet. There was one play where he did allow a pass out into the slot, but that was mainly on McDavid, who was puck watching on the play again. Like Connor McDavid, he had such a, he's my, Connor McDavid is my good thing, even though he had a number of plays, Bruce, where he was puck watching and not covering the slot off. Like he just, they just evolved to to bad, like they were playing like it was 2018 again, you know, not covering guys in the slot. It was not keeping, you know, shoulder checking and allowing all these, hellacious scoring chances against the Oilers. Like, it was ridiculous. But my good thing was Connor McDavid. Okay. He he had, you know, there was three or four plays where he made really bad defensive plays, among other Oilers, and, you know, allowing big scoring chances. But he did have four points. And he did, and he did uh, do a lot um, to drive the team forward and all, and get this team back into the game, tie the game up. You know, it was, he was largely responsible for that. I mean, he got he, uh, on a, the first goal. It was just a fantastic move that he made where he dragged the puck across the crease and waited for Markstrom to go down and then open up and put it between his legs. Um, he made a really sweet spin move to set up uh, Bouchard's uh, goal. Um, he popped a puck in the neutral zone, rushed in and, uh, Put it over to Drysaddle for the fifth goal, and then on the uh, sixth goal, it, it just just a phenomenal effort, phenomenal move where he spins to the net off the faceoff, gets his gets in there alone and gets his first of all gets a very dangerous chance his own, and then Yamamoto puts in the rebound. I mean that was such an inspirational play, Bruce. For a moment, I was think. thinking, I was thinking, okay, they're gonna suck it up, they're gonna get their heads out of their butts, and they're gonna play mm-hmm. some defense here, Wrong. but they didn't. And he was, McDavid was part of it on the seventh goal. I mean, he was, he was kind of drawn out. He was drawn out away from the slot. He wasn't the primary culprit. I think that was dry settled, but he was drawn out from the slot and, you know, he just, they just were not defensively disciplined and they didn't make good reads or good decisions. And McDavid was part of that. So he led the team with 25 33 in ice time and you know the four points dynamic on the attack but part of the big mess on defense but still nonetheless my good thing four even strength points minus one that's pretty hard to do like he got outscored despite putting four points on the board and it's kind of reminiscent of the 9-5 game again where that night the power play was hot and the even strength got destroyed Uh, and uh, I think McDavid and Drysaddle were both minus four in that game. They each had three or four points. I think Drysaddle had a hat trick in that game and went, went minus four, and it's more of the same. You know, on that Yamamoto goal, not only did uh, did McDavid make the spin move out in front, Yamamoto didn't score on the rebound. He actually scored off a McDavid pass. McDavid was able to find the puck under Markstrom. Oh, chipped, really? 
chip it through Markstrom out the other side for Yamamoto to slam it in. That was a uh, a really uh, uh, nifty pass by McDavid. So certainly, you know, full value for the for the points. Uh, I I'm not sure about his uh, uh, you know his overall game. We certainly did not see the 10 out of 10 McDavid that we saw last game, and I'm not sure that we saw much of anything that resembled last game. To be honest, it was like the last game in in reverse. <laughs> Just changing my uh, game grades here to, to reflect what you just told me. I missed that, uh, that he had made that pass. Yeah, I just reached in and <clears throat> just touched it right through the pile and out to, out to Yamamoto on the other side. So it looked like a rebound. Right, right away I said to Anna, how did Yamamoto get that? Like, that was a weird rebound. Did, did, did uh, Markstrom somehow kick it out to that side? And then the one replay, the low-angle replay, showed it really well. That's why we call you sharp-eyed Bruce McCurdy. <sighs> Bruce, um, let's move on to bad things. What's your first bad thing? Yeah, so many. But how could we get nine each? I mean, just one for each goal. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. We don't want to be there. How about if I if I single or double out uh, the goaltending or triple out the goaltending, which actually stank at both <clears throat> ends of the rink tonight. Yeah. Jacob Markstrom was brutal in this game, and the Oilers, you know, got enough goals off of him that they should have comfortably won this game. That's what stings more than anything else. You put a six-pack on the board and get thumped. But uh, uh, Markstrom wasn't any good, but uh, uh, I mean, maybe he made one or two saves. I know that four-goal comeback, it seemed like every shot went in, including at least one B shot. But uh, Mike Smith beaten twice in the first minute of the game. First 51 seconds of the game, <clears throat> and the first shot, I just thought um, it might have got tipped by Keith at the source, but it hit him on the shoulder and just went through. He was deep in the net, he was prepared for it, and he was, I mean, he was bombarded. I think Calgary had eight of their grade A shots in the six minutes that Smith played. And part of the reason he got pulled was a mercy pull and also to get the team to wake up kind of goalie pull. Um, uh, but they brought in Mikko Koskinen, and I'm thinking, you know, you come in and settle down here, there's lots of game left here, and especially when they made it 3-1. <clears throat> but I don't think Koskinen ever did settle down. And he was fighting it. He was fighting the puck. He wasn't finding rebounds. Got lucky a couple times. A shot hit him and dropped in behind him in the goal crease. And two Calgary guys tried to just touch it in with their sticks and couldn't get it. And yeah. and it kind of fell back on it. But it just didn't give me ever the sense that he's going to come in and make saves. And, I mean, the score sheet will say he made 32 saves or something like that. Because, I mean, Calgary had four, yeah, 37 shots on him and only five of them went in. But when the Oilers really needed a big save of him off that Rasmus Anderson shot from the wing or the yeah. or the Matt Kachuk yeah. breakaway shot from, you know, quite far out because Kachuk didn't really have any speed to, to, to uh, I think, get get deep. And he just surprised Costin with a shot that went right through the five hole, <coughs> like 30 feet out. I mean, you got to have a stop in there somewhere. Oh. And neither Oiler goalie really delivered the goods on the on the stop front and, and i mean the stats will say smith was worse uh, but no, he faced I, 10 shots and six grade or eight grade a shots in the first six minutes i think wow. that's that's what it was eight grade yeah. a shots. Was, yeah 
It was just, you know, was just I, I gave I gave Koskinen the lower mark, Bruce, because mm-hmm. I just felt there. It was the fourth goal that really got me. I think it was kind of an outside shot from the boards, and it it was. I don't know how this happened, but he 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 turned an outside shot from the boards into this wicked rebound off his pad that where he was way out of position for the rebound. Like he just mm-hmm. went overcorrected, way overcorrected, you know, slid over, yeah. pumps the pack, the puck back the other direction and Coleman put in the rebound. And, and um, he just wasn't even close to being in the play mm-hmm. on a fairly mundane outside shot. Like, honestly, yeah. like maybe get a little, I don't know. Like they always, they play so far back in the crease. I guess it's, they, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, that's the style. That's that's what they're supposed to do. But it just seemed like extreme, and he was really battling with his rebounds tonight, and and that's why the fourth goal yeah. was scored. Yeah, there was nothing clean about his game, right? Like the yeah, the, like he wasn't sharp. He wasn't swallowing up pucks. They were dropping. They nobody knew where they were. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't have given either goalie a very high grade out of that game, and I wouldn't have given Markstrom one either. Well, he uh, might have been the worst. Grading. If I was grading Calgary and he, and he got the win. Yeah, he might have been the worst goalie on the ice, Markstrom. Well, he let in six, Koskin only let in five, and Smith just three. So I guess you could make the case. <laughs> Boy. Um, Bruce, my Last first bad thing. For silver linings. Yeah. My first bad thing is the order's start of the game. I mean, it was just obviously despicable. And I thought, you know, again, I thought the orders have learned how to start the game, which is by working your ass off. But it mm-hmm. just started off with this, like, and it's not like it's not just hard work; it's making the right reads, it's getting your head in the game, and playing cautious when you should be cautious, and aggressive when you should be aggressive, going for it, like, and having that, knowing when to do it. And the the, the first goal against came because Evan Bouchard was asleep at the wheel; he was just he was um, there was no reason for him to be. He, there was a play at the blue line where Calgary's kind of breaking out, and he kind of mirrors his man you know, kind of follows them and he should be hanging back there. He's a defenseman. What are you doing? Like, you're not, you're not even trying to make the play. So just hang back in your spot and get settled into the game and don't, don't be too aggressive. And because he's up, um, up ice, there's a, there's a, uh, essentially an odd man rush for Calgary. He causes it because of his mental art. Now Bouchard came back and played, uh, he got, he scored a very nice goal and I, I thought he got, stronger as the game went on and got more confidence and played well but that first mistake i mean yikes and i did hear like the so that it you know it was a it was kind of an outside shot it would normally be a grade b scoring chance shot not a grade a but i do think it hit uh duncan keith's stick i heard a tick yeah distinct tick and um it seemed to shoot up and i think that's why it beat smith it would have been nice to see smith make the save nonetheless but i think it did hit duncan keith's stick it so, hit and him then, and went in, eh? It hit him yeah. on the collarbone and just still yeah. went right through him. 24 seconds later, the Flames score again. And um, it's it's part of a recurring nightmare where Darnell Nurse doesn't make a play in the corner. And um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins doesn't make a play in a corner. And Cody Cece allows a pass out from behind the net. And Darnell Nurse is... Like, Nuge was there battling in the corner in this play. And um, there was no reason for the, there was only one Flames player. There was no reason for Nurse to go there at all. But again, he's not, like, I know he, he's playing hurt, but that is, his head isn't hurt. 
Like he's got to make those reads. He's got to do better. Like Nuge is making the play. I don't have to be there. I'm going to, you know, don't get overly, like can't get sucked in the corner. So because he's over in the corner, the front of the net is wide open when the pass comes through CC into the slot and there's a goal because Darnell Nurse was way out of position on it. And so he's, I'm just going to segue into Nurse being my second bad thing, actually. Okay, go my for third. it. This is my, yeah, this is my, what am I on? Yeah, this is my second bad thing. We're not doing three. So, so uh, Brucey had the roughest night that he's had maybe all season. I think there was one other night. Um, he had, he had uh, you know, you pointed this out to me, zero hits. Yeah. And again, it's the game's not necessarily about hitting, but if Darnell Nurse has zero hits in a battle of Alberta game, Something's not right with him, and Something's and um, right with him. he was leaking, leaking grade A shots all game long. He's just not, he's not, he <clears throat> doesn't seem to be in the game physically or mentally at this point. And, um, you know, I, we don't know the extent of his injury, but mm-hmm. it's it's not happening. for The Oilers would be way better off giving Kulak more ice time and, and scaling back Nurse on the third, put Nurse on the third pairing uh, with, with Tyson Berry. Um, who actually had a pretty good game at even strength, you know, just, just get him out of the hard matchups, give him easy ice time, make him the seventh D man, you know, like they're just, if he can't play better than this. Um, he's, he's a liability for the team right now. Playing injured is the truth about it. And uh, just again, again and again, the play went through him. Like he was, he got turnstiled again and again and again. So, you know, mainly by passes, not like people beating him on the rush like Kempe did against LA, but, you know, it was mainly just positional things. So, mm-hmm. so well, I'm, I mean, I'm being very hard on Darnell Nurse, who's mm-hmm. a great player when he's not injured. He's injured right. and he's not. Yes, he that's, the, that's the whole issue here. And they've got to do a cost benefit analysis of his ice time. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are we having for seven grade A chances? Yeah, there's, there's an eighth one where I'm going to convince you he also made a big mistake that we're still discussing, okay. and uh, that led to a goal. I, I think uh, you can get me on that one. I was just wondering uh, which mistake you thought in the, the one corner. The one in the corner. Well, it was a little. It's not really. It's a little bit early in the sequence, though, Bruce. When they uh, lost the puck, though. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it, it's yeah. We can talk about it. It was one of a, a whole litany of mistakes, and it was one of those goals where you could run through the mistakes and probably count the same player two or three times and, you know, yeah. that uh, stuff happened and he was in on that and his pairing with CC just did not have a strong night. They both ended up minus three on the night and uh, they were, uh, I mean, Nurse, like, if nothing else, you expect a little bit of take charge from the guy, and you expect if something's going wrong that, you know, he's going to take a run at somebody, or he's going to do something to, to, to you know, he's going to hack somebody, he's going to do something to sort of so get himself into the game. None of that happened. Like, he was just was, them. he just was not in the game. Yeah. And that's, a, that's, you know, I mean, and that's not a criticism that very often gets leveled at that player. Like, you know that you get his level best most nights, and maybe we got his level best tonight, but his level best wasn't good at all. And if that's, uh, you know, like, unfortunately, as you say, if that's the best that he's got, then this should happen. Well, I could look at this list and say, if that's the best that all these players have, then maybe we need to see some black aces next game because uh, I don't think they'll go anywhere near that direction, but uh, there's... 
a long list of players who underperformed in this game. Yeah. And the leadership group and the other guy who's injured, Leon Drysaddle, he had a brutal game defensively as well. Sure did. Got, got three points, but uh, clearly not himself and off his game. And when when Oilers have such core players off their game, it's uh, it's not a good look. Yeah. Yeah, Leon was really struggling on defense. I mean, he's culprit on the last two, the, the oh, seventh and eighth goals. And, Jeez, oh, I'm trying to get over. it out after about four minutes <clears throat> stuck in their own end, and he fires a pass that hits his teammate's skate and legalizes Kachuk for a cheap breakaway, and he uh, scores from 30 feet. It's just like, Bruce, what else can go wrong? What's your second bad thing? My second bad thing is Edmonton Oilers' power play, which supposedly in theory, is one of the big advantages that they had coming into the series was the great power play that they got. And tonight's power play was putrid. Just brutal. They just, they couldn't even get the puck in Calgary's zone. They couldn't set up. They couldn't make a pass. Did we have any grade-A shots on the power play? I doubt it. No. I no. know the actual shot count in eight minutes of Edmonton power play, the shots on goal were three for Edmonton and three for Calgary. It's when you have a, actually one more player than them, right? Three to three. Oh. And every single one of those power plays went backwards and never went forward again after that. I think there was one time where McDavid went a one-on-four solo rush and he got into half-decent position, but nothing came out of it. Otherwise, they just couldn't even enter the zone or make a, you know, make a decent pass. And when they did get the puck, they'd cough it up for, for free. You know, and it's tempting. Four, eh, to... four wretched power plays in a row. So the, the yeah. power play stands out as those. That was a t- times of the game where you know they could get back or at least get some momentum back, and it just sputtered and died four out of four times. It, it it's Leon was struggling on the power play. Like he he mm-hmm. can move. Obviously, he gets going in a straight line on the goal he showed. He can move in a straight line, but what I noticed in this game was turning and and his agility was gone mm-hmm. and there was a number of times like once the puck came around the boards normally he would have been there to win it and it just went out or the flame got there first and mm-hmm. he's not yeah. i brought this up bruce in the in the um lead into this series about my concern about this is yes. that if he's Both half speed if he's going half speed mm-hmm. he's going to be a liability he's actually it's not just that he's not like giving all the good stuff that he does it's just like he's he's actually slowing the whole team down he's hurting the team and he hurt i, I and again this is the injury this isn't uh, he, leon dreisel is the best power play player in the nhl i think there's no one i'd rather have on the power play on, on, than leon dreisel including Connor mcdavid but going on one leg he can't make plays he can't make those quick plays on the boards puck protect on the boards those quick movements into the slot backing up and they, they would be better off not playing him on the power play at this point. They would be better off with Evander Kane or Kadri Yamamoto or someone else stepping up into that spot on the top power play and seeing if, or Evan Bouchard and Tyson Berry. Like try, try if you need another shooter out there, have have mm-hmm. Bouchard on the, you know, put Nuge on the left wall and put Bouchard on, on the, on the uh, excuse me, uh, Bouchard on the left and, and Nuge on the right uh, on their off wings. That might work, but I don't. Unless unless Leon gets more healthy, healthier in the in the uh, in the next couple of days, like change it up. It's not working. It's not gonna work, yeah. Bruce. Well, both both of those uh, injured guys had 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 pretty bad games. At least Leon delivered some offense. He did. You know, 
Got three points, right? I mean, you got three points in that game. Minus two, though. And uh, 15 and five on the dot. Like, he was doing some things right, but... Uh, Play him uh, at even strength. the Play puck. And, and, yeah, well, I mean, you got to use him on the power play, but he's got to be better. I mean, the power play has to be better. They all have to be better. And he's very high, if not top of that list. But benching him off the power play is not necessarily the answer either. They, But the whole power play needs to get his crap together because tonight they didn't have it at all. And at times where, you know, <clears throat> there were opportunities where you want your team to, you know, sort of seize the opportunity and go for it. At least, you know, get the puck moving around and create some pressure. Nothing. Nothing. It was like there no pulse. I'm finally on effect, still kind of effective at even strength, you know, on the wing, like if he can, he just needs to make a couple better, better reads on defense um, and better decisions. But I do, I do. And I know this is a rat, like not many people will agree with me. Probably it's maybe mm-hmm. kind of a radical thing to say, but I've seen enough of him and nurse where I, I scale back their ice time to mm-hmm. put them in situations where they can succeed. And I know that's not the hockey way, they will go with these guys and ride them and they'll be called warriors and they are warriors. It's incredible what they're doing playing. I'm sure with substantial pain and, and discomfort, but um, such a shame. Eh? The owners finally advance to this battle of Alberta and the, and their two, two of their best players are mm-hmm. significantly Clearly. injured and it's, Clearly. and it's really going to have an impact on this, this series. I'm suddenly, I, I was predicting the owners to win today, like with McDavid, because I was hoping the nurse would start, getting better, start healing. And the mm-hmm. dry settle might also have a little bit of healing, but it doesn't look like that's happening yet. And I don't know if it's going to happen. They're just playing hurt and it's a big downside. Yep. What's your number, Bruce? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I used all my threes already. So I think I'm going to go with 51, uh, 51 seconds, zero colon 51. <clears throat> And I do believe the Oilers may have set an all-time new NHL record tonight by calling their timeout 51 seconds into the first period. I personally don't remember ever seeing one used at such an early time, but uh, they gave up two goals before they used the timeout. And I'm thinking Jay Woodcroft's thinking at that point is, well, if I wait for that first TV timeout at the six-minute mark, it could be 10 nothing by then, so maybe I better do something now. But that was such a wretched start. Uh, which you've already talked about, but I mean that, that's a number that puts the exclamation mark on it. You're calling your friggin' timeout, and you haven't even reached the one-minute mark of the game. Holy moly! I thought we'd yeah. learned that little thing about being ready for puck drop, and then we got two good games in a row, and then the third game was like worse than even before. It used to take five or six minutes to give up those two goals, not 51 seconds. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez, Willikers is correct. Bruce, my number is zero and five. Mm-hmm. So Zach Cassian and Connor McDavid are two players in the Edmonton Oilers. One of them had zero hits, and one of them had five to lead the team. Mm-hmm. And it was the guy who shouldn't be having five who led the team, Connor McDavid. It's great that he's hitting and, and passionate player that he is. He's he's taking such a physical role and and um, trying to get this team going, rev this team up. But come on, Zach Cassian, zero hits. Whew. You know, the orders, this was like a, not a very physical playoff game at all for a Battle of Alberta. It was just really 
kept, I mean, there was lots of after the play shenanigans, Kane and Kachuk getting into it. And Kane actually came to McDavid's defense a couple of times, which I liked, but um, this isn't right. You know, when, when your superstar is leading the team in hits and your, and your hit, your, your designated hitter has zero, mm-hmm. that's a tell that something's gone wrong in this game. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, uh, Cassian did, uh, I mean, he made one good play driving to the net on the uh, 5-2 goal. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, Bouchard's goal, and Cassian's drive to the net was part of the, caused part of the chaos. And then the camera went away from him, and they never did show a proper replay, but all I know is that Cassian wound up in the penalty box for some scrum after where the ref had singled him out and sent him off and they never showed the video evidence so we're going to have to take the ref's word for it uh but uh barring the video not having the video evidence i'm going to assume that the ref saw something that was worthy of a penalty and calgary comes down and scores on that power play i mean taking a penalty after a goal and then the other team scores on the power play to you know but that was one and then he took one right at the end of the game with a little scrum that they had where he and Archibald and Lucic and Backland all got roughing penalties at the 20 minute mark of the third period but zero hits and there was like I thought I'm going to look at this and I'm going to see zero because I can't remember one where it was even threatening to be you know come in and and uh, take the guy you know take the body you know they had 23 hits in the game they had 40 per game more or less in the Kings series they were all around 40 in every game and they didn't have that physical commitment. Calgary came out a little bit banging, and then they didn't really keep it up either. And it was uh, uh, it was just uh, guys not doing their job. I mean, you mentioned Evander Kane. I thought Evander Kane was terrible in this game, i got to say. Yeah. Zero, zero shots, yeah. three giveaways, and out of sorts, you know? Like, he was... Uh, I mean, he was yapping in the penalty box. That's all good. I mean, that's part of his thing. But you got to do some of that on the ice, and you got to, you know bring it on the ice and he just didn't have his game with him tonight he made a really bad giveaway on i think it was uh two nothing three nothing goal yeah he, he did, he back did into him score his, one he came back into his own end and, and coughed it up and uh yeah that was the three nothing the one that uh richie scored i mean that was against calgary's fourth line for pete's sake so anyway he had a he did um uh, he was, I mean, like Cassian, I mean, there were so many goals in this game that there was some involvement, but it wasn't like um, yeah, uh, a big main play with the puck or, or uh, yeah. a shot or anything like that. That's, that's easily the worst game Kane's played in the playoffs. But as I single him out, you could say the exact same statement about five or six guys on this team, like Josh Archibald, like, yeah, I mean, not easily his worst game in the playoffs. And, you know, you could go Nuge. Uh, on, on down the list. And, I yeah, mean, Nuge, the turnover on the, you know, the Nuge started off the sequence of pain on the second goal against, right, with turnovers. the turnover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just like, <sighs> ah, it's, all right, let's, let's. So what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, like, who comes out? Like, what changes do you make if you're the coach? Or do That's you just say, question. throw it out and I'm going to go with the same group because I believe in you guys and I know you can be better and you better be better. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They have all these guys called up from Bakersfield, but yeah. 
Like, you know, do you, do you take game too. Do you take uh do you put in a Dylan Holloway to try to get some energy? Do you, you know, I told you what I would do. Mm-hmm. I would trade Kulak and nurse and yeah. give Kulak, nurses minutes to Kulak and nurses assignments to Kulak. I would do that like that. It to me is the, the first thing on the agenda. And it's, it's not just based on this game. It's based on the, the total work of Darnell nurse and Kulak in the playoffs. Yeah. Kulak needs to be playing 20 minutes Mm-hmm. And Nurse needs to be playing thirteen, mm-hmm. so I would do that. I would I would seriously consider if Leon can't practice and can't practice on the power play, taking him off the the top power play, playing him at even strength, and um, saving him for the for those moments, and and changing up that power play. I would think about um, I would think about. Um, Maybe maybe making one change it forward to inject someone in there like Holloway. You know, I didn't see Holloway. I didn't, you know, I was so busy watching the Oilers games. I didn't watch the Bakersfield games this year. So I can't say who, who the right guy is, but maybe Brad Malone um, is the kind of player you want to put in instead of, like, you know, sit Cassian, play Malone. Um, he's another center, mm-hmm. uh, Malone. So maybe that helps a little bit. Um I would play Puliyarvi a little bit more. I thought, he like, yes, good. it wasn't a. He wasn't a. I gave him a four because he didn't get much mm-hmm. done, but he looked good when he was out there. I, I, I might fine. play him a little bit more, uh, move him up to the top six again. Those are some. What would you do? Uh, I wouldn't take Leon off the power play, not with twenty-four power play goals and forty-one points, but I would certainly expect him to. Uh, uh, <clears throat> to bounce back and have a better game. And I mean, that's some of it. They're going to just going to have to do that. They're going to have to yes. go back with Mike Smith. They're going to have to go back with, yeah. you know, six of their defensemen at least. And there wasn't six that had a good game tonight. I can tell you that for a fact. And uh, so on. I, I, I expect they'll get Warren Fogel in there. Maybe they'll yeah. change the mix with uh, Archibald or, or maybe Cassian. I mean, I don't know. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of problems, and it's a yet another huge challenge for our new coaching staff that has proven to be up to prior challenges. This one looks like a big one, and and it's certainly an opportunity lost tonight to to score all those goals and <clears throat> have nothing to show for it but an embarrassing loss. I wouldn't be surprised to see Barry with Nurse actually, mm-hmm. um, and Kulak with CC. Because you can kind of sell that you're just balancing your D, like, mm-hmm. like I like I don't think we're going to see dry settle off the power play. Like you just like you say, some they just they just got to hope things work out better, and that he finds a way to make it effective the way he is now. And they're going to do that, I think, in in that situation. But I do I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see a, def, a change in defense pairings, Bruce. Anyway, maybe we should leave it there. That's Friday night's problem. Yeah. Thanks for talking tonight, Bruce. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.